Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church. I love sharing with you each week. I look forward so much to this hour we get to spend together when we take a deep dive into well-being, into practical strategies we can take to help ourselves have much healthier and happier lives and the range of things we can do nowadays to move the needle for our own well-being is so enormous. Mm -hmm. And those strategies are available to us easily, effortless. Many of them are just free and common sense. And they're available to us in a whole new way in which they weren't a while back. So nowadays we have all these natural healing methods that we have access to. They're free, they're accessible. There are people who are trained in them. We can get information about them very easily. Often they've been scientifically researched and it's been a whole game changer for well-being. I was talking to a friend of mine recently and he was saying that he was so struck as he would talk to his parents about the differences that there were in his life and their lives. He said to me, Dawson, you know, I nowadays I if I'm struggling with something, I'll go, I'll find natural remedies, I can find energy healing techniques. There's such a wealth of information available for my well-being. My parents, they just suffered. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. if, if they were lucky, they had some pieces of information from some kind of inspired person in their circle, but often they knew nothing about those things. And so it was really powerful that we now have access to all of these kinds of techniques through that we showcase here on High Energy Health. So make listening to the show a part of your own personal self-care, part of your own personal well-being. It's been a real thrill over the last few years to see the show just rising in terms of popularity and people listening to it and, and making it part of their routine. Make it part of yours. It's good to be here. Good to have you here. And just you being here is a really eloquent testimony to your own self-care. So thanks for joining us for High Energy Health. Make sure you do it every single week. My guest today is Dr. Sharon Martin. She holds a doctorate in physiology and worked as a research scientist at the world-renowned Emory University School of Medicine. She also trained in internal medicine and finished a residency there. And she also has done many things far beyond the traditional medical realm. She was the director of a rural health clinic in South Central Pennsylvania. And she soon learned that things she'd learned in medical school (laughs) (laughs) weren't quite enough to produce lasting health. She also has been developing something called the Light Body Curriculum at the Four Wind Society, which is a training program in shamanic energy medicine. And her book is called Maximizing Your Healing Power, Shamanic Healing Techniques to Overcome Your Health Challenges. I was privileged to get an advanced copy of the book, and I gave it a ringing endorsement. Mm-hmm. Sharon, thank it's you. wonderful to have you here on the show. Oh, thank you so much. I love what you're doing. In fact, in my day-to-day practice in a rural clinic, I have turned 
turned many people towards looking up YouTubes for EFT if they have trauma. I'm not trained in that, but you've been helpful from afar. So thank you so much. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, it's a fabulous tool for trauma. And so what were some of the early indications you had that your conventional training wasn't enough? Because I mean, you, you came out of Emory well-trained. And then when did you first start to notice the gaps? Well, when I was in medical school at Johns Hopkins, I remember very clearly, I was older, I was the oldest student in my class. And I remember we would go down the hall and go in as a group of doctors and medical students and stand around the patient's bed and talk to them, talk about them together without involving the patient and often talking in scary language. And it felt so awful. And I was so turned off by that, this idea that we would sit with someone who has an abnormal heart condition and talk about all the ways they could possibly die in front of them. It was the worst. And that probably, even back then, probably started me on the, hey, wait a second, we need to do better. Mainstream medicine needs to do better. So you felt that sense of unease in yourself at the way mainstream medicine was objectifying patients. Yes. And there was such a hierarchy and such a dismissal of just heart-to-heart -heart conversation in order to keep it scientific or to teach. But I found myself deciding not to do residency there, not to do it in one of the big Ivy League schools, but to go to a community residency program because I thought, I can't take this kind of way of healing. And I was lucky enough in my residency to have professors who also had been trained at big places, Duke, Cleveland Clinic, Washington University, Johns Hopkins, who said, we want to go be a community. And that was a whole different energy and really wonderful. It's a whole different mindset as well when you think of the community of healing to the hierarchical experience you had before where there's the expert and there's the person who's not the expert. And <laughs> mm -hmm. That top-down energy, by its very nature, doctors hold a position of authority and something over a patient just by the relationship. There's really a subjugation, even if we don't intend it, but to actively promote it and encourage it, that didn't feel good. Yeah. And uh, you, you know the difference. I'm just thinking about my own experience. When I, when I read your book, I was thinking about how I'd love to have you as my doctor. And I think that when people read your book, they will feel, uh, I wish, I'd love to have a doctor like that. I'm very lucky, too, that I actually have a doctor like that. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, each, every encounter, the encounters are, I, I don't see them very often, thank goodness. But when I do, it starts with, with a hug, long, mm -hmm. heartfelt, genuine hug mm -hmm. and just time of sharing and is never in a hurry is always very patient and he mm -hmm. explains things to me and so he's also a brilliant diagnostician and so we all want a, do <laughs> a doctor right right who doesn't have that sense of hierarchy and who does treat these all the people in the healing team as members of that community of healing and it's even better i found for me myself when you're on that level of sharing stories with the person I leave there feeling rejuvenated as opposed to being a technocrat. So that's when I think I sort of got steered towards studying at the Healing the Light Body with Alberto Violdo and just opening my eyes to other ways of seeing the human and the human's health journey. 
Now, you talk about that in your book. It also gives us some very powerful conceptual tools to understand that process. And just go ahead and share with us your whole trajectory of learning and understanding and evolution and training that took you there. So I started studying Peruvian shamanism with Alberto Violdo, probably I'm going to say 15 maybe a little before that years ago. And what I quickly got, different way of seeing. And, you know, it's interesting. We think it's so new and unique, but the take India and their mystics and their yogis and Africa and Indonesia and the Mongolian shamans, they saw, saw things differently. And so I got to open my eyes to another way and also an intuitive way. So those senses and ways of taking in data that are not very validated in mainstream medicine, like intuition, like sensing things like life force and energy field, that was really a wonderful addition to my repertoire. And just started gathering up from different people, different metaphysical concepts and ways of seeing. And I became, in my book, I talk about the symbolism of the medicine wheel. And for me, that's a very ancient symbol. We've seen it in pictures, stones laid out in the ground in Native Americans, in Celtic mythology. And to consider somebody's health journey as a spiral, as a real mythical journey of their health steered by their soul and began to put those ideas that were running around in my head, put them down in seeing these ways of perceiving a person in different arenas, fluid around the person, not literally physically, but in my assessment, you know, are they out of balance in terms of the elements, earth, air, fire, and water? Now, I'm not a trained oriental medicine doctor at all. Are they, am I looking at this from, and are they taking their illness from just being totally in their emotional or have they seen their soul journey in this challenge? And to see that perceptual change, and it just led me to think, you know, we could be so much more inclusive and therefore broader and maybe get insights into different ways to help people. Go and share an example for us of a person who perhaps didn't do well with conventional medicine. And then when they moved to that perspective, maybe with or without help from an outside professional, was able to heal. Probably some of the strongest encounters I've had, and I've had multiple in the same arena, the ones that come up over and over again, I'll take the first one, is somebody with back pain, lower back pain. That's unbelievably common. And when you start to talk to the person, you realize, again, with expanded intuition from training and other modalities, you come to realize that they are burdened. And when you ask them, do you feel weighed down by your life? They'll say yes. And you say, do you think your back pain is from this burden? And if they're a little bit open to those ideas, they'll tell you yes. And then you can say, let's shift how you take what, why are you burdened? Well, I have to blah, blah, blah. I'm uh, supposed to. They have these rules that they're living by. And then you start to pick that apart and find out that those rules are self-imposed and that if they reformulated those rules, perhaps things would lift. And I have had people who actually have done that work. Not everybody's willing to do that work and have reformulated and realized they've made rules under which they're living that hold them back. 
And I'll say, you're in a cage. You're in a box. You've boxed yourself in in life. They feel it. They know what you're talking about. And then you tell them how to get out or ways to get out. And if they follow it, not everybody does. Not everybody's ready to do the work, but it's really wonderful. How can you tell if somebody is ready and willing to do the work? I think you can feel it on that encounter. You definitely have proof later when they come back again and nothing's changed, but you can see it intuitive assessment of somebody where they're listening and they're going, oh, okay. Or they're, you can tell they're taking it in. Then I'm pretty confident they're going to go home and try it. And then some people go, uh-huh, I have that feeling <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. And so just share a couple of examples for us of patients who did take it in, who did realize the impact that their spiritual and emotional beliefs and, and approaches to life were affecting them and then shifted. Well, I'll tell you one from a different thing that happens a lot is, and often it's children of parents who have died and there's unresolved stuff. And they'll come in and they're still grieving and they're still grieving, but to an extent beyond what seems reasonable for the timing and the duration. And you start to pick it apart and you realize that they have unresolved issues. And if you say to them, it feels like your mother's still with you, they'll go, oh, yes, she's here every day. I, you know, and you'll say, well, except every day she's here, you're sad and you're still feeling guilty. And has she crossed over? I happen to believe in a past life and I happen to believe in a soul. So I say, this is my belief. But you say, has she passed over? No, I'm keeping her here. Is, is that helping you? And if you can get them to be willing to try to do sit in meditative space and sacred space and have a conversation with that dead person, their loved one, and resolve the guilt and be willing to let go they come back unbelievably lightened and unburdened. It's really beautiful to see. So you would encourage them to go into that sacred space, have a dialogue with that person, resolve the relationship. And would you ever facilitate a dialogue like that yourself? Yes, I could ask them, do you want to do that in a session? You could come in. Yes, I could do that. But oftentimes I teach them what to do. And usually if they're paying attention, and again, you can feel that, they're taking it all in. And just the act of them sitting and having a conversation with their loved one to say, I'm so sorry I didn't do this. You know, the Ho'oponopono, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Just saying, and I'll write those four things down, just say those. And the release is amazing. And the rejuvenation you can see in the life force you can feel, it's wonderful. How can you sense that rejuvenation of the life force? I think if you're already an intuitive person, you can sense it. But in my shamanic training, we were taught to have other ways of seeing. And you can, I don't see, I sense. So there's seeing, feeling, hearing, knowing. I know if there is good chi flowing. You can feel when there's good chi flowing. I can feel when there's good chi flowing. I think a lot of doctors can feel, they'll know if a person's really sick or not. So when you sense that and you say, you know, I don't feel like your life force is very high, they'll say, no, it's not. They might not have intuited that for themselves, but they get it when you tell them. 
So you can then have that intuition, sense that feeling, you then check it with the patient to see if it's part of their reality as well. And mm -hmm. they often know that they're struggling or that their life force is low in that way. Right. Like you might say, maybe they don't understand the word life force. You'll say, you don't feel like you have a lot of vitality, a lot of, oh, no, I don't. I haven't had it since. And I'll say, since your mother died, it really went down there. And I, well, I think her energy is affecting your field. And I think if you really let her go crossover, you will have more. And here's what you need to do. And even though I'm saying these weird woo-woo things to them, they feel the validity of it. And when they try it and get good results, that's really wonderful. Yeah, I think that they may, people may believe that those kinds of concepts are woo-woo, but I think intuitively most of us grasp them. And mm -hmm. most of us have some understanding that that dimension of reality is there and that it is having an impact on us. So it's interesting too, when I looked at the research into, for example, into um, physicists, people who are in physics or chemistry, hard sciences, math mathematics, mm -hmm. as well as people in the social sciences, it's interesting that many of them do believe in those subtle levels of energy, intuition, and all of those things we would think of as woo a lot of hard mm -hmm. scientists actually believe in them, experience them, and they're part of their, their work as well. We're going to go to a break right now, but please stay tuned. Okay. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. And for more on Sharon's work, go to the website drdrsharonmartin.com. drsharonmartin.com. drsharonmartin.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and every week on this show, I enthusiastically <laughs> and delightedly <laughs> share with you all of the amazing and wonderful breakthroughs we're having now and our understanding of health and well-being, all the practices that can make us much, much happier, much, much healthier than we ever would have believed possible. So I'm so glad you're taking this active self-care and listening to the show, being here, joining me and our guests every week. And please make it part of your regular routine to join me here. It's just a great way to uplift yourself, expose yourself to positive ideas, bring positive media into your life, and also enjoy all of the healing effects of laughter and that feeling of lightness you get from being in a space like this. So thank you for being here. For more about Sharon's work, you can go to her website, drsharonmartin.com. That's drsharonmartin.com. And her book is called Maximize Your Healing Power, Shamanic Healing Techniques to Overcome Your Health Challenges. Sharon, I'm curious about our ability to sense these things ourselves. Like, obviously, when you pointed out to somebody that their energy, life energy is low, their vitality is low, maybe they're being affected by carrying around grief from something like the death of a parent or, or the loss of some other precious thing in their life. And they, you pointed out to them and they notice it. Why is it that people often can't see that for themselves without needing someone else to point it out to them? Well, you know, I've been reflecting on that because 
everything that is learned about shamanic healing and energy bodies was done by the ancient medicine men and women. So back before all this technology, we had intuitive skills. We had the ability to know ourselves in the place interdependent with heaven and earth. And I think so for somebody to know that themselves, you have to probably shut the outside world off for a bit. I think meditation helps a lot, but also start to build your intuition. So if you have an awareness, stop and think about it, maybe even write it down and then see if it comes true. Start opening yourself back up to those ways. I mean, the ancient medicine men and women, if I think about the Native Americans and you know the intuition it had to take to go through the woods to track your food, a shaman, the medicine man of the tribe, having a dream and downloading the information he needed to help the tribe move to a better place. So that information, we did that before as humans. I just think we're bombarded by, our senses are bombarded by technology and all this incoming stimulus that we've got to take. I'm going to digress for just a second because I think this is part of the same thing. If I could just get my patients to take time off to have extra sleep, and eat better when they're ill, they would heal faster. But we're in such a push, push, zoom, zoom. I think we need to slow it down. And my other thing is we have a nature deficit disorder. We need to be connected again to nature. And I think in that ways, those old knowings, our brain's capable of it. We just have to practice it and give ourselves a space to tune in. So when we give ourselves the space in nature, when we start to tune into our bodies and to the energy around us and to the energy within us, then we have the capacity to perceive that and to receive healing in that way. You're just saying that most of us are so distracted and preoccupied, we aren't aware of those chances to come into balance and heal. Right. I believe so. And that's, I think, why so many spiritual teachers really encourage meditation. If you could just take quiet time and then you can hear, I call them the whispers of your soul. You can't hear the whispers when you're bombarded by the technology of today's world. Yeah. And it's just interesting to me how many people suffer in that way and then don't have enough sense of self-care to give themselves some distance from their mm-hmm. the, the, all the, the noise that there is going on around them. I know I block off usually four to eight days a month and I just go into the woods. I go to the coast. I go somewhere, maybe to a sacred place, maybe to a monastery and just really immerse myself in the mystery, chance to meditate and really go out there, not have to come back after half an hour or an hour. And for me, those periods are so restorative. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine doing without them. I talk to people who say, oh, I'm just too busy. <laughs> well, you know, as a physician, COVID, COVID was horrible for all of us. And in its own way, COVID was really horrible for me as a physician. So March of 2020, when people were getting sick and we didn't know a lot about it, the fear was unbelievable. I live very rurally. I live in rural South Central Pennsylvania. And my house is kind of down in a hollow. That sort of sounds like Loretta Lynn in Kentucky or something, but Tennessee, but down a long driveway that goes past the horses in the pasture. And literally coming home after a day in the office with all of that fear and that unknown, soon as I hit the top of the driveway and the horses and the 
pygmy goats are in the pasture. And I start, it's as if I'm entering this gorgeous bucolic scene and literally the stress falls off. And I'm thinking I'm so lucky because I spent COVID years with this sanctuary to come home to. I don't know how I would have made it if I were in New York City when they had, you know, as all the horrible things we've heard that they had. But that just, whew. Yeah, it's powerful. And you literally can feel the stress just, mm-hmm. just diminishing in that way. I know when I teach EFT tapping classes, and one of the great things about it is that you're de-stressing while you teach. But before Mm -hmm. I used to do that, I used to, before I learned energy healing, I'd be teaching for a day and I'd be exhausted after the day and Mm -hmm. I'd feel drained. And I think many healers do. In fact, the one of the the, uh, figures I read a few years back was that among psychics, the levels of certain diseases like cancer are substantially higher than the general population. And so they're giving a lot. They're sensitive to a lot of energies, mm-hmm. and it's really often affecting them as well. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, if you're anywhere in the healing professions, having that sanctuary, having that or a detox, yeah. or a detox process, a detox ritual. I know that some of my teachers, we taught going out and literally sitting sacral chakra to the ground, root chakra on the ground, and imagining re rejuvenating by drawing up from the earth and drawing down from the sky. And Drunvalo Melchizedek teaches that in his earth sky heart meditation. But that we do rejuvenate from the earth and the galaxy. We are interdependent with that. And the earth to me, and I don't know the physics well enough to teach it, but as an ability, it's an electron sink. It's an ability to absorb all that discharge, all that excess short circuiting. Stand under a tree. Tell me you don't feel better. <laughs> now, that's a very simple prescription from a doctor. Stand under a tree. <laughs> a- a an apple right a now, day. We're going to come right back. And for more on Sharon's work, go to her website, drsharonmartin.com. Her book, again, is called Maximize Your Healing Power. My name is Dawson Church. You're listening to High Energy Health. We'll be right back after a break. Hello, and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're bathing for an hour in good energy, good vibes, good experiences, and positivity. It's just so important in the all the distractions of our lives. There are always so many voices coming at us from various kinds of media, some of it positive, some of it negative, some of it just, just plain distracting. I found myself clicking on an ad, which I hardly ever do. But yesterday, I was looking for something on the web, and I clicked on an ad, and then there was another image. And before I knew it, I'd wasted 15 minutes just doing this. And so it's a bottomless pit, and there are all these distractions. It's really worth inspiring yourself with positive media, positive messages, positive people. So I'm glad you're here joining me for High Energy Health. For more about the work of our guest today, Dr. Sharon Martin, go to her website, drdrsharonmartin.com. So during the break, we were talking about the all the things that 
we can do to move the needle for our health and well-being. And we mentioned a few of them, which I'd like to mention now on the air as well. And one of those is consciousness. Go ahead and share what that can do for us, how that can move us in terms of our health and well-being. Well, I started being aware, for example, Dawson, the teaching that you and Joe Dispensa do and other teachers, and really about how all of these, even these shamanic practices are linking up our consciousness with the greater universe or being conscious in our decisions of our thoughts and therefore our actions. And I think that's going to be the frontier of medicine if medicine will open and accept that because all of these changes that we talk about that I teach also in my book are about getting into your deepest thoughts, those thoughts that are coming from your higher self, from your soul level, and then bringing those to bear by intention on the outcome you want. And that's all of these miraculous healers. I believe they joined up with the universal field. That's how they accomplish these incredible things. So, and the mystics and the yogis in India 5,000 years ago knew all about this. Western medicine doesn't yet know much about this and we're learning it. So how do you do that? How can you join up with that universal field? By meditation. For me, I like guided meditations where I take myself, I like to visualize, I like to have a story to follow. And I, and you could do this and even write down the script and then record it for yourself and then play it and then follow along, but take yourself to your sacred space of your heart. And people will take themselves where they feel that is, where they visualize that is. And then find yourself joining up with earth and sky because that triad is critical. And sitting down, even if you sit down to dialogue with your wise guide, you give the this energy a name, say it's your wise guide. At that point, when you're in that meditative space, you are accessing more universal concepts and feelings and thoughts. And the answers that come to you are wiser and smarter and more intuitive. And I think that's more we all practice that. And the more we allow ourselves to connect to the collective conscious and recognize well, Edgar Casey taught about the Akashic field. And I believe that these miraculous healers are tapping into that. So they're tapping into these fields in which all that wisdom, all that knowledge, all of that awareness is present. And that's what they're essentially downloading in yes. those encounters. Yeah. I think it's an information field. It's the way I believe psychics, remote viewers can see things different from time and space. And I think we don't know the physics of it. We don't know the what it's made of. Are these particles? Are these quarks? I don't know. But that there is this ability, like how do psychics know? I've always been thrilled with this when, from a, when I was a teenager, my sister and I would go down, we lived outside of Washington, DC, and we go down and visit a woman who used tarot cards, but she was incredibly psychic. I think the tarot cards were her vehicle for accessing. And we come home and we talk about how did she know that? And the idea that somebody who's never met you knows things about you, to me, said there's something universally known. There's some bank, some library 
some and Edgar Casey said the Akashic field. What later when I read him, I could see that. But I think that's how these miraculous healers. And pretty soon, I don't think it'll be so miraculous. I think the more we teach ourselves, we're going to be able to do it. Yeah, there's a brilliant book called Science in the Akashic Field by Erwin Laszlo. Laszlo lays mm-hmm. out the uh, yeah lays out the evidence for this, and it's really interesting. I mean, I was pretty skeptical when I picked up the book, and I was a believer in information fields, universal information fields, mm-hmm. when I put it down because more and more science is mapping those fields, and we don't know what they are in fully today, but we see evidence of them. And one of the evidences is things like remote viewing mm-hmm. and distant perception, distant healing, and phenomena like so that. So Professor Laszlo has a protege or a woman who lives in Budapest. She's a psychologist or a psychiatrist and then trained in new homeopathy named Maria Saggi. And she does miraculous healing. And she says she goes into an altered state and talks to the information field where the templates, this is the cool part, where the templates of the way your organs and your cells are supposed to operate exist. And I'm using my words, my interpretation. She then downloads those to the person. So if they had a wayward physiology, she's bringing back the template, the morphogenetic field that that organ system is supposed to operate in. Now, I don't fully understand all the ins and outs of that, but I think there's something really powerful there. Yeah. And I know a few times I've done similar things like that myself. Like I used to have a lot of arthritis in my Mm -hmm. knees and I would tell my knees some days, well, you know, there's a version of that knee that doesn't have arthritis and it Mm -hmm. didn't have arthritis until very recently. So let's go use that as a template for well-being. That knee, that version of of that knee knows this non-arthritic reality. Let's go and, and participate in that. I, I would do this and it was so interesting. I did it for, you know, maybe uh, six months or a year and then the arthritis went away. <laughs> I love that. Well, also I have a journey that is in my book where in your meditative visualization, you see your healed self walking in a path towards you. And then to bring that healed self into your field, to incorporate it, to reconnect with it. It's that same, I think the constructs are are the same, the, what the concepts underneath the underlying concepts, you're bringing in the healed template. Many people don't have that belief that they can heal. They think that being sick or being limited is the way they are. And it's just a fact. And if they have a diagnosis, it may reinforce their belief. And so one of the striking phenomena I notice as I talk to people is that they often just have boxed themselves in with these concepts and beliefs about their well-being, very, very limited, very, very low potential. And then they just believe those year after year after year. And of course, they believe them and then they manifest what they believe. And I just find it maddening when I talk to people like that who who I can just see could be so much healthier and yet have talked themselves into this very limited way of being. I've actually had more than one, not obviously not many patients who know that they're not going to live past the age of 52 because their father and their grandfather did not. And to be able to even get them to entertain the possibility that there is a future that exists beyond age 52 is very difficult. Yeah. And I believe people can put themselves in a cage of their beliefs. Yeah. And these cages can be unconscious and yet they can become, be real, despite the fact that they're just inventions of our own belief systems and our own reality Mm -hmm. fields. Please stay tuned. We're about to go to a break right now for more about Sharon's work. Go to her website, Dr. Sharon Martin. 
Healthcare.com. Her book is called Maximize Your Healing Power. You're listening to High Energy Health. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and I'm so delighted to share with you every week on these tips, these tools, these techniques you can use to make a real difference in your own level of health and well-being. For more on Sharon's book, her new book is called Maximize Your Healing Power, and more about her work, go to her website, Dr. Dr. DrSharonMartin.com. Come. So, Sharon, you've had this remarkable circle of both bringing in conventional Western medicine and shamanism and altered states and this whole range of possibilities for, for healing. And I'd love to know what you've learned in the course of this long and powerful journey through all these different modes of healing. Well, first, you know, one could argue I'm just a perpetual student graduate school, then medical school, then shaman train anyway. But I love to, if there's another way out there to make a difference, I want to learn about it. If there's a way to expand the the ways that modern mainstream medicine can do, I want to incorporate them. But the biggest thing is that I want to see people taking back their power. Medical doctors grumble a lot about patients not taking responsibility. And I kind of have this feeling that the system has subjugated people. It has put them in being the ones needing to be told what to do. And I'm all about take back your power of fixing yourself because you can do it. And you can do it in ways as Dawson teaches with his emotional freedom techniques as many teachers teach, there are ways that are free. You just have to do them mostly. So you have to do them in your own head, in your own quiet time. But I'm all about people becoming empowered because we need to heal ourselves. The world has some healing to do. So if we bring our best selves forward, we can really change the world. And that's what I'm all about. And so for that person who does say, okay, I am going to commit to doing what's in my power to heal. What are the like the first things you recommend that they start with? The sacred space, which is a quiet space where you are in bringing your whole self present. The connection to consciousness, something higher than yourself. I happen to believe in spirit, universal intelligence, God, angels, all of those energies. Connect with that because you'll broaden the amount of resources available to you. And then start to think differently, start to see your healed self as your future. As Dawson was saying earlier, he had arthritis in his knee and he kept visualizing seeing his knee without arthritis. That visualization is accessible. You connect to the universal information field. So all of these things are free. You don't have to have all these expensive prescriptions. You don't have to go to a million doctor visits, but you do have to be willing to go inward and to 
take meditative time, prayer time, sitting in sacred space and connect with, I call them the big cheeses, connect with the big cheeses, (laughs) (laughs) connect with those things bigger than us. Even nature, even the earth itself is bigger than us and very, very healing. And then in terms of practical strategies, what would you have your patients do physically on the on the external material level to support that inward journey? Well, once you do some meditation, you'll get intuition as to what foods you should be eating, what forms of movement you should be doing. You'll get those and you can even envision a meditation sitting in dialogue with your higher self and say, what do I need to do? Well, the answer that comes back when you're in sacred space, communing with your higher self is a wise answer. And it'll say, well, you know, every day you stop and you get that extra, you know, cream cappuccino, it's not helping you. Too much caffeine, too much, you know, little things like that. And you'll start to be told the ways to do it. And you can also even sit in med again in a visualization in the sacred space of your heart, sit and have the wise person of your knee sitting across from you you know, and ask your knee, what do you need from me? What do I need to do differently? Those dialogues make a difference. Absolutely. And then, of course, you are bringing all of yourself into the healing process. Right. That mm-hmm. makes an enormous difference. Thank you so much for your compassion, your wisdom, your sharing your healing journey. It's been a joy to connect with you and have you here on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dawson. Very nice Mm. to be here with you. Yeah, likewise. And please do yourself a favor of listening to High Energy Health every week. Fill your Mm -hmm. mind with positive ideas, positive beliefs, positive media. This is a great way to start by making this a regular part of your self-care routine. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I look forward to seeing you next week. Till then, be healthy, be happy. 